Hello, friends, and welcome to UFO Mod Pod. I'm Jason McClellan. I'm Ryan Sprague. And I'm Maureen Ellsbury. All right, guys, today we're going to have a fun conversation about UFO conferences. UFO conferences, um, that's something that we know a little bit about. Um, we've been to a few during our careers in this interesting UFO world. And Ryan's getting ready to speak at the International UFO Congress this month. So we thought it would be a good time to just have a roundtable discussion about UFO conferences in general. So guys, I guess let's start and uh, maybe talk about our, our first, our individual first experiences at UFO conferences. And Maureen, I think you have us all beat here. I think you were the first one out of the, the trio here to actually attend a UFO conference. So why don't you go first? Well, um, Jason, you're incorrect, actually. Uh, I had the first dealings with UFO <laughs> okay. conferences. Um, I happened to work before Open Minds was even a glimmer in an eye. I worked for an internet marketing company with um, Nicole Brown, Nikki Brown, um, who was the Browns were the current owners of the International UFO Congress. And I also had a client, which happened to be UFO TV. So I was involved with UFOs uh, professionally first, you could say. Yeah. But Jason, my first attendance at a UFO conference was with you at okay. the International UFO Congress in 2008, eight, eight, nine, eight. It would have been nine. Wow. It would have been nine. It, it was 2009. February yeah. so of 2009. February yeah. of 2009. So. Um, Jason and myself packed up. We were not in charge of the conference yet. Um, and Open Minds was not a formal company. It was just Jason and I. And uh, we went to Laughlin, Nevada, where it was held for like 14 days. I don't know. It, was <laughs> it seemed like 14 days, didn't it? <laughs> well, the conference Two months. Back, yeah, the conference <laughs> back then was uh, a, a good eight nine days and and we i think went out a little early to do a little assisting with the conference that's um, right we R had some early group. early and late both for setup early and tear down and late. Yeah. yeah so um that's a very long time to be living in a smoking allowed casino i'll tell you that uh but it it was very interesting it was I'd say not exactly what I expected, or maybe it was exactly what I expected. It's hard to say, but, um, so we did, we did some interviews. We recorded Jason and I every day would, uh, record some of the talks and write notes. And then we'd do a little overview piece, video piece, uh, and post those each night to the beginning of the open minds YouTube channel. And, uh, it was it was interesting because we were sitting in the back of the room listening very intently to every single speaker, and you had people like um, Bob, uh, not Bob Brown, um, Bob Dean, uh, Richard Dolan. Was he speaking then? I don't know who else was speaking. I think he probably was. Yeah, um, um, Dr. Rudy Shields, which is the talk that was my favorite of of that time. Of course, coming from an astrophysicist. I think yeah. he was an astrophysicist. Anyways, um, for me, that was the most interesting talk. But so we went over all these these talks and all, all this weird stuff, and it was a lot of information to digest for the first time. And then a lot of really, really crazy stuff happened, like bizarre <laughs> off-the-wall things that um, 
or kind of one of those things you're like, what am I getting myself into? Mm -hmm. Uh, especially, um, there were some, that was the year of the scanning or was that? No, that was the, that was the following year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that story will have to be told. Yes. Yeah. I've heard about this one. Yeah. That, that story will have to be told in the second one. But anyways, um, I think that I speak for both Jason and myself that, um, it was very intense in terms of a lot of information to digest. Mm. And we were very busy working. We were trying to get these videos pumped up. So it wasn't the same experience as we we had in subs, uh, subsequent years. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say with that experience, too, because this was pre-Open Minds, um, this was before UFOs were our career. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I certainly hadn't done any, uh, legitimate UFO research to that point. So really my first just getting thrown into the whole UFO world was at the International UFO Congress, just kind of being thrown into it headfirst and, uh, listening to these presentations and meeting with these people. Um, you know, I had no idea who any of them were. I wasn't familiar at all with any of their research. I wasn't familiar at all with any detail, um, about any of the topics associated with UFOs. So it was pretty overwhelming, I think. Um, and, you know, I, I had no idea what to expect from a UFO conference, you know, because, you know, you think of conferences in general and then throw UFOs on top of it and coming from a, you know, just looking at it from a pop culture sort of standpoint, you know, I don't know, maybe I was expecting more of like a, a not really a Comic-Con atmosphere, but, you know, somewhat more so than it actually is. Um, I was shocked to find it, it this kind of like dry academic setting, um, which not to denigrate that too much. I mean, that's really what it should be um, in many respects. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's what it was, just lecture after lecture after lecture with hundreds and hundreds of people at that time. Um, who were very passionate about the topic of UFOs and, you know, had this established community. So I, I felt like a total outsider there because everybody knew everybody else and I had no idea who these people were. So that on top of, like Maureen said, being focused on uh, job objective, you know, paying attention very closely, not really getting a chance to socialize all that much and focusing on these, these, uh, review or recap pieces that we were turning around every night. Um, I don't think we ever really slept while we were there either because mm -hmm. you know, we had to do these <laughs> whole turnaround productions of putting together a recap video of an entire day's conference. You know, it was a lot to do to put the script together, to do the voiceover and then edit the video together and get it up. Um, yeah, we, we, we didn't sleep. So and, I'm trying to think, was this the year that we started smoking cigars with Jim Mars or was that the yes. following year as well? I, I, I <laughs> yeah. think that was that year. Yeah. And, and I also remember Jason, I think this was the year that Brazzo the healer was I, I believe a, that was a speaker, yes. which <laughs> was really threw me off because, um, he's a, a healer and he got up on stage in front of everyone and just stood up there. And apparently his nickname is also the gazer and he just <laughs> stares at everyone. And apparently he's, he's healing everyone. 
uh, in the audience, but he does not speak. He just gazes at you. So, and you're supposed to gaze upon him, and then you, yeah, all of a sudden. So that was God. a little weird. But but afterwards, <laughs> uh, Jason and I are sitting at the bar in downstairs in the casino having some drinks. I mean, you got to relax. Trust me, drinks are necessary. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look across the way. And the gazer is gazing <laughs> directly at me from across the bar. <laughs> and it was terrifying. I was like, why is he staring at me? Because he was having, you know, drinks. He looked like a normal creepy dude at that point. Um, as, and I just, as they do. Yeah. And it was kind of like back slowly away from the bar in mm-hmm. retreat. <laughs> <laughs> so it's mixed bag. Ryan, what was yeah. your first UFO event? Um, so, I mean, just like you guys, I mean, Open Mind sort of opened the doors for me. Uh, I, I was a fan. Um, I'd been listening to Alejandro's UFO think tank for a few years. A buddy of mine here in New York City was like, oh, dude, you, you might really like the show. It's about UFOs. And, uh, you know, the host sounds a little nerdy, but it's still pretty good. (laughs) And we all know Alejandro. We love him. But, um, I listened to his show, and then one time he said, oh, we're starting a company um, for UFOs. And immediately I was like, oh, my God, I got to get in on this somehow. Like, this sounds like a dream come true. Uh, And that's when Open Minds Magazine came about and uh, where I learned about you two. And I became big fans of your work and watched Spacing Out and – Again, like the recaps you guys would do at different events and whatnot, or even investigations. Um, I, I was on. an Open Minds <laughs> fan. I, I was a super fan. That's how it all came about. Um, and I started writing for the magazine, and that really opened up my journalistic uh, integrities or endeavors, I guess I should say. And um, that's when I took the leap and uh, volunteered to work with you guys. And I think that was 2013 was my first year. Um, at the Congress, and I, that was my first time meeting you two face to face, which was pretty cool for me. Um, you know, I, I like many, I'd seen you on um, on the website and speaking on the radio shows, and it was really cool to finally meet you guys and and work with you. And um, I, I worked sound. I recorded the presentations of every single speaker, so I had this rare opportunity of you know, hearing literally <laughs> um, behind the stage um, every single talk yeah. of 2013, 2014. Uh, I missed uh, 2016. Um, but yeah, for three years straight, I heard every single talk that the Congress brought. And, and um, it was really cool. Um, and like you said, Maureen, some of them, not so much. Uh, there's a lot that goes on at these things that um, that I'm sure we can get into in terms of uh, the vast uh, array of things that are brought to the table, whether it's academics, scientists, uh, experiencers, or anything in between. Um, it's just a big circus of everything. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. Right. Um, it's bringing everyone together who has an interest in these topics. Um but the favorites of mine have always been the scientists, the astrophysicists, the astrobiologists, um, the you know th- those in uh, the scientific realm who are willing to come forward, willing to do a talk about this and get it out there to the mainstream, which I think is really cool. So I did. I started as a super fan in 2013. Really opened the doors for me. 
Well, Ryan, like you mentioned, um, you know, working backstage, starting out volunteering on the AV crew, um, we'll get into that more here in a bit, talking about the behind the scenes and the actual production aspect of a UFO conference, because uh, we certainly have some stuff to say about that. Um, in fact, the large majority of, of our experience with UFO conferences is in, in the production realm. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk a little more and this will be uh, primarily um, me and Maureen talking about this, I guess, since you haven't been to too many events, Ryan, uh, to this right. point. But um, just talking a little bit about some other UFO events that are out there or were out there or, uh, you know, just a little bit for, for, for a little bit of different flavor. Um, I'm trying to think about some of the others. Um, the, the MUFON Symposium is always interesting because it moves around. It's different locations all the time. Um, so that already, you know, creates a different feel each time you go to it. It's not always the same thing, which, you know, is there's some good and some bad with that, but, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm biased, but, uh, because I love Vegas, it was fun having it in Vegas. Um, when was that morning? That was probably three, probably 2013. Yeah. 13 or 14? Yeah, I think probably 13. No, 13. It had to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that one um, stands out in my mind, not only because it was Vegas, but also because that was one and also during a, a time period. But that was one in which the whole time I was there, we weren't staying at the, the host hotel. We were staying on the strip. But um, that whole time I was having like crazy UFO alien dreams like each night we were there and had multiple people at the event tell me that they had seen me on extraterrestrial spacecraft. So, <laughs> you know, that went into the whole thing. And, you know, that's something that becomes quite common when you're in this field for any, any length of time, you're told by other people that you are an abductee or a contactee or an experiencer. Um, despite you having no knowledge of it, they somehow know that uh, you were on a ship with them. So that one was just interesting because I received more of that than I typically do at events like this and paired with the dreams. It was all very strange. So I saw, okay, may, may, maybe I was there with you. Awesome. Cool. But, but Viva Las was, Vegas. Yeah. So <laughs> this is weird, Ryan, because Jason's having this told to him, um, by this one woman and she looks at him and she says something like he was a commander and then she looks at me and she goes, you were there too, but you were running in and out. I don't know what you were doing. Like I was running around the ship mm -hmm, with my mm -hmm. head cut off or something. Like I think so she I was trying to escape. I think she was there against her will. Yeah. And I was, I was collaborating <laughs> with the aliens. I was working right. in a command capacity. So I was helping them. Um, and Maureen was not there of her own accord. She was trying to escape. I don't know what it was, but, but she was like, she was like, I don't know what rank you were. Cause you were just running everywhere. I was like, all right. Um, yeah. Based on, on, on ships that was, that one was good. Um, this is the story that, that, um, I think I was hinting at before trying to figure out if it was my first conference or not. Um, many people know the, um, scanning procedures that some people do with blue lights. And mm -hmm. so, uh, I happened to volunteer to be scanned in front of a ton of people. 
out in the vendor room. I mean, this was probably 2010. A little more detail, and, Maureen, about this scanning procedure for people who aren't familiar with what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. So um, using a special grade blue light, um, shining over the body to see if there are marks that uh, are associated with being allegedly left by extraterrestrials. And uh, so during my scanning process, all these weird marks showed up all over uh, my chest. I was wearing a, like a shirt, but but above above my chest, and uh, everyone thought it was so weird. Um, and I think I deciphered what it was later. I think it had to do with some of this body wash I had, but it looked like I had been manhandled to no, uh, to you know, to the utmost mm -hmm. extreme by an extraterrestrial species. However, after all this happened, I had um, somebody come up to me and and sit down next to me and really seriously want to talk about um, that they knew my involvement. Uh, with the extraterrestrial race that I acted as sort of a nurse. So I was being allegedly abducted to hold hybrid babies. And they weren't necessarily my own babies. It was holding these hybrid babies to make them more human. And uh, so that was that was interesting because, again, this was like when I was just fully getting involved yeah. uh, in, in the UFO fields in the capacity I was. And uh, it's, it's always interesting to hear other people's theories about your involvement because they've seen it in a dream or they know, or they can sense mm -hmm. it. Um, and so it's the same with Jason, uh, commanding the ship in Vegas. Um, yeah. so I kind of wonder sometimes if Jason and I's involvement together all over these years has been some sort of setup where right. Jason is selling me to the aliens or some weird thing. <laughs> there's definitely, sort of yeah, there's definitely something going on there. Yeah, man, that, that scanning thing was so funny to watch. And mm -hmm. yeah, so it's, it's just a, a special frequency of, of light. These, these bulbs, a certain frequency of these bulbs that you get. And some people believe that um, this frequency reveals evidence of contact with extraterrestrials. So sometimes see like weird things that look like they could potentially be handprints or fingerprints. Um, there's some other interesting things too. I mean, some stuff we saw on ourselves and on other people were things like defined shapes, like a defined triangle and things like that. I think you had a triangle on you, didn't you, Maureen, or a star or something? You had an interesting yeah. shape on you at some point. But, you know, it's just really weird stuff. And a lot of it has to do with like makeup and, and skin and, and uh, face washes and things like that. Other things are, are stamps that, uh, you know, from whatever, uh, different shapes of stamps, ink stamps that uh, are very old, but um, soap and stuff doesn't wash away completely um, the remnants of those, those inks. Um, so this light shows that. And it looks bizarre. Other things are pretty strange. I can't explain them. I'm not saying I have an explanation for all of it. It could certainly be showing contact from extraterrestrials. But it's fascinating. And, uh, yeah, it was just, I felt so bad for you with all the uh, <laughs> weird and bit... creepy attention on your chest and people poking at it. I'm like, oh, look, yeah. aliens. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I had yeah. that on video somewhere. <laughs> oh man, oh, it, it was a little uncomfortable. And then, um, and and actually, I think there are, there are videos still somewhere of yeah. you can see what marks were showing up. And then, some odd reason, I think it was in Vegas. Jason and I, after all this talk of us running around on spaceships got into the scanning booth in the dark. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So some people and, do this scanning. Um, right. Yeah, is it just the light in the scanning booth, or is, is it also the... It's also the, the stud detectors, right? So yeah. there, some people believe mm. that, um, you know, a possible way to test for alien implants, implants. is yeah. to use a, use a stud detector or, or other... Um, antennas to to sense certain frequencies that could be being emitted from an object in the body so but, stud detector some people use that so yeah there's just sometimes at conferences you'll see people who are doing this and uh inside a tent too to shield other um interfering si signal signals <laughs> like cell phones and that type of stuff but also it's for privacy for the person being scanned um because sometimes it gets awkward yeah. Although yeah, it shouldn't. But but. Both Jason and I threw up red flags that, that time um, that had weird marks that we couldn't really explain. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean they were extraterrestrial, as you right. said. They, they could have been anything. But yeah, so there's always a lot of really weird things that happen at conferences. And you meet a lot of very weird people. And on the other hand, you meet a lot of really awesome. Awesome people. Um, very yeah. smart, credible people. Uh, yeah. Very intelligent and I, I mean, I can't even, this is not in the same uh, sector. I'm not relating these two types of people. I've also met quite a few celebrities that have uh, attended different mm -hmm. conferences. But it's it's hard because I think that you all agree we're all, um, you know, in our 30s. And it's very hard to tell, especially younger people, if they're super interested in the subject, mm -hmm. what exactly a UFO conference is like. And I think what we all wish it was like is a little bit more of the still the credibility of having astrophysicists talk, but a little fresher feeling, maybe shorter talks and, you know, fun, like as much fun as you can do more Comic-Con-y kind of, but without the joking um, yeah. level of joking, I guess I would say, because it's, it's hard to tell people yeah, come to this. And then they watch this super crazy talk and they were like, whoa, this is way too much for me. Or they have somebody try to scan them and tell them they've been holding hybrid babies. Um, when it's like, no, wait, wait, wait. Cause this guy's going to talk and I swear he'll blow your mind, you know, to hang in there and listen. It's not all, um, so far out there. Um, that's hard for the, you know, people new or people who are a little bit hesitant to digest. And um, I think that's that's a real problem with a lot of UFO conferences and something we've always talked about. How can we change this? How can we make this more accessible to younger generations and not even just younger generations, just people who are hesitant? Mm -hmm. um, and that's the battle. It's very hard. Yeah, it is. And like. And we're again, we're all, we're we're sort of looking at this five-day event in Arizona. Um, it it is the biggest in North America, and you do just have such a melting pot of different stuff. Um, which Maureen, like you mentioned, I think a more focused approach with 
you know, one scientist, one uh, psychologist, one academic, one uh, maybe TV or radio personality. Um, having like a panel discussion between like four people and keeping it short and concise, um, something like that is I would go to that in a heartbeat. Um, and you do have to wonder, like, why are people going to these events? Is it to be around that kind of kooky, weird contact culture or is it to actually go and learn something and try to move either the field of ufology or just the the idea of what ufos could represent uh move that forward um so yeah it's it's a love and hate relationship with these types of things um i i remember you guys you attended one in new jersey am i correct multiple in new jersey so yeah yeah and one of which was about like ufos in the media um which mm -hmm. i'm so disappointed i didn't make it to because that is something that i find very interesting and i know something you both have written about being journalists um that one really intrigued me and sounded like something that would would be taken seriously you know by the mainstream news um just in general. Yeah. That and that was the MUFON Symposium. That was the MUFON okay. Symposium, yeah, when it was in New Jersey, yeah, for sure. Gotcha. So I think, Maureen, you hit on it, and I think it's important for, uh, you know, uh, organizers of UFO events, UFO-related conferences to keep in mind. I, th I think it, a, a lot of times it, it's a struggle because they get focused on catering to the UFO audience, the already um, type of people, the already built-in crowd who comes to UFO events, the people who are so invested in the topic already that they're going to spend money and come and sit and learn. Um, they already know a, a lot of information and they're there to either hear more that, that uh, confirms what they already believe or, or to, to socialize with other people uh, who are like-minded. But I think um, as a good event planner, event organizer, somebody putting this together and looking to expand, looking to educate, looking to... Um, get new people interested you have to approach it in that way you you have to put it together and offer something that that is going to be interesting to various groups because if you just focus on i mean we've all talked to to dean hagland um known from the x-files the lone gunman um and you know i love what he says because he's a comedian and and used to and perhaps still does stand up um x-files stand up um related to ufos and ets and and he's very very serious about the topic of ufos and he acknowledges that yes this is something that that is a serious topic does need to be treated seriously but at the same time you can still laugh at it i mean it's yeah. still in the real world it's life you know we can't take everything seriously Although it's a serious topic, merits serious discussion, you can still have fun with it. It doesn't have to be 100% serious all the time. So in presenting something that is, that's accessible to people who aren't familiar with all the details of UFOs or want to sort of get involved and you know, baby steps, baby steps, um, you got to give something that appeals to them too. And I don't know what that is. I'm not saying go all out and have like a, a guy making alien balloons and stuff. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you, you've got to do something to make it more of a, an approachable event for the general public, something that is going to give the the newbies or the, the casually interested something to do that entertains them and, you know, hopefully 
their curiosity pulls them into a lecture or two and gets them to start, uh, you know, looking into things for themselves. And that's what we always try to do here. You know, that's the focus I think all three of us have is to try to slip that little bit of interest into people's mind and, and help them to take the steps on their own to dig deeper. You know, and, and none of us went to this conference. Well, I don't even know if I should call it a conference. You talk about the ancient aliens one. Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we know Nick, Nick Pope spoke at it. He said there were, uh, I don't remember. He said there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people there. Yeah. Um, which who knows what the actual number is. I haven't looked it up. Um, but that was more like a Comic-Con fan fest for yeah. the ancient aliens franchise. Total fan fest. Yeah. And, and that I think was probably more a bit of Comic-Con let's sell, let's, um, you know, how can we get more revenue off of this mm-hmm. franchise that has been longstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm curious to sort of what that was like. And, yeah. um, you know, Nick said it was great. He was raving about it and, um, maybe that is a route to take, but that had a lot of money behind it. You know, they had, it was produced by history channel and, mm-hmm. um, this, you know, they had the effort to produce this big thing, put commercials for it, you know, do all yeah, this other. Yeah. And they brought in, you know, sci-fi celebrities and stuff, you know, which I am not opposed to. I think that again is something that appeals to the general public, makes it a little easier to, to draw them in. And then they're exposed to other things once they're there. So, but, but then, but then that also sometimes can not backfire, but, mm-hmm. but look at the first Roswell festival we went to. And again, right. that's, a, and that's another, you know, sort of different experience where it's kind of a town festival. Yeah, it's, it's a festival. Yeah. But, you know, they have talks in the international UFO museum. They bring in different speakers. We've been vendors there and had, um, I think Alejandro spoke and, uh, you know, we, we, that's actually where Eric, or Eric, why did I just call you Eric? Who are you, Jason? I'm Eric. <laughs> He's the other commander on the ship. I guess that's my, my name when I'm a commander. Don't blow my cover. <laughs> that's, that's where Jason and I met, um, Garrett Wong from, oh, yeah. uh, Star Trek Voyager. Yeah. And that was fine. But years prior, the very first event we went at, um, I forgot the guy's name, the actor from, uh, he was, the bully from a Christmas story. Oh. Right. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Oh, you weren't there. That's no, right. I wasn't. Sorry. Okay. You weren't there. Um, the bully, the red haired bully from a Christmas story. And he was going to be starring in this new show about Roswell. And they had him as a guest in the vendor room. And, you know, he was sitting there by himself 90% of the time. Nobody came up to take pictures with him. It was the saddest thing. And we ended up talking to him at a bar later. But, I mean, he had the occasional person come by. But I think, you know, of course, he was lesser known than, you know, if you had a a big name sci-fi celebrity. But but still, it was like, you know, sometimes that can backfire on you. So I always am hesitant when I was... You know, um, Jason and I, for anybody that don't know, co-organized the UFO conference for uh, International UFO Congress for a good six plus years um, on top of the two years we were assisting at the event. Um, 
it was it was hard because you want these certain people to be there. You you want to say, yeah, come, it'll be awesome. But you're also afraid of the older crowd or guard of crowd who, again, Jason was was speaking about that. Do we just cater to them or not? Mm-hmm. That um, there won't be enough uh, gusto to have that person there because this other crowd might not get their approach. And, and again, that, that was even something we thought of when we, you know, asked Aaron Sagers to speak. It was, we love Aaron. He's a, you know, friend and he's awesome. His talks are super interesting, but is he too, uh, fresh for the older guard? You know, it's, it's always a, and he wasn't, he was great, but there's always those people that come, Oh, he complain like he said this, or I don't believe in this or you know, I don't know. Everyone always complains. You can never please everyone. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> not going to. And that's the challenge in, in producing an event like this. And, uh, you know, there are a good number of people who come out to these. Again, a lot of your audience for a UFO conference are going to be people who are pretty hardcore. You know, they're they're in the topic enough to spend their money and in a lot of lot of cases take their vacation time from work and stuff and like that ufo conference is their annual vacation i mean people come from all over the world to go to these things so you know it's a big deal for a, a lot of these attendees and you know for some and i think this is uh you know, the wrong way to go about it, just my personal opinion, but a a good number of people want to come to an event where only people who think exactly like them will be. And the only ideas presented are those that align perfectly with their ideas. You know, just like wanting to assemble in a church and have everybody, you know, rub each other's backs and say, yep, we're right. This is what we believe. And this is what everybody else should believe. Um, and I, I have a big problem with that, but there are plenty of people who specifically want that. They're looking for that. And you know what? There are conferences out there, plenty of conferences out there to cater to just that type of mentality. But, uh, you know, that's, that's not something I think is beneficial to anybody. I don't think it furthers, um, our understanding of any sort of mysteries and uh, certainly doesn't help bring in new people. I guess that kind of mentality certainly does. I mean, religions around the world are doing just fine, but <laughs> religious <laughs> well, ranch over. Why... But again, I mean, we say this so many times, but you know, it's it's certainly my opinion that UFOs should not be treated like a religion because it is not. Yes, most, if not all, of it is very strongly based on belief, but it's still something that changes over time based on new information we gain. Um, it's something that needs to be researched and scientifically researched and discussed and new ideas back and forth. And that's why, as Maureen said, you know, in, in organizing the, the International UFO Congress, our goal over the years, and I think we were quite successful at it from the time we acquired it to the time we left, um, to really transforming the type of speakers we got and in turn, turning that conference into the largest annual conference in the world. Because I think we were able to uh, attract so many different types of people with different mindsets and also people coming to the conference who are looking for that one thing, um, you know, got a little bit of something else and that helped them kind of expand their 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 beliefs and, and the way they thought about certain topics and 
yes, you're not going to please everybody. We're, we're all different. We have our own, our own, uh, ideas and, and mindsets. Um, but there was a lot of good, good conversation and dialogue created because of those differing ideas. And, and typically these crowds are pretty civil, you know, people like to have their friendly dis discussions and disagreements and talk about different ideas. And I think that's very important, especially in this field. Right. I mean, and you guys did such a great job of organizing people like, uh, you know, Michael Denon, Ben McGee, um, yeah. uh, Robert Powell, people like this who can bring sort of a analytical and scientific approach to the phenomenon, but still say, look, we're not saying there's not aliens or that these people are possibly in contact with them. Um, it's just here's the science behind how that could be possible. Um, and you always see after these people's uh, lectures, huge lines of people lining up to talk to them afterwards, which I think is exciting. You know, it's sort of a shock to that usual UFO conference system of preaching to the choir. You're bringing in people who are going to challenge, uh, A, your beliefs and, you know, B, just your entire uh, approach to the phenomenon. And I think that's really cool is every year you see more – uh, academics and scientific people uh, coming to these conferences and bringing a more grounded approach to it, which I think is awesome. And Ryan, you, you touched a good point right there with the name Michael Denon, because he was not super excited about coming. He was I remember that, afraid. Yeah. And, and I, and I'm sure other people in the company, I emailed back and forth with him multiple times. We, we kind of had to persuade him to come and then, like you said, after his talk, he had this line of people waiting to talk to him. And some disagreed with him, but a lot just wanted to ask him more questions so they could further understand. And he came up afterwards and said, wow, this was really awesome. I'm so glad I gave that talk. So and it's interesting, interesting to note that I believe he will be speaking uh, this year at Contact in the Desert, which is completely shocking. <laughs> after hearing what you just said, yes, after his hesit initial hesitation to, to speak for us, um, he's now going to speak at Contact in the Desert, which is very much along the lines of what I just spoke about, um, about just a gathering of people who uh, are looking for that community feeling of, hey, we all think the same thing. I don't know. That's that's a conference I have. I, I don't like to speak ill about any specific conference because, you know, they do change every year. Different people get involved. Um, and I think conferences in general are good. Uh, but that, you know, is definitely a Woodstock type of atmosphere that they've created and they intentionally create that atmosphere. It's in the middle of the desert. I mean, it's fitting. Um, but it's, it's a weird one. And I, I know, um, you know, a few of our friends and colleagues who have been presenters there and uh, have had negative experiences and will never be going back. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's an interesting one for sure. But I, I do encourage people to check out these events for themselves and, and uh, you know, choose the one that that's, works for them. But uh, I guess I would like to ask you, the, the listener to the show right now, to, to give us feedback. Let us know. Um, maybe... Tell us about the the best UFO conference you've ever been to, or and or tell us about how you would like to see UFO conferences change, or what would your ideal UFO conference be? Whether that be speakers you'd like to see present, or format, 
you know, number of lectures, time of lectures, different entertainment. I'm always curious to hear what UFO uh, people in particular are looking for in a conference because, again, we're all different. We all have our different uh, ideas and, and preferences. But do do uh, leave us feedback. Either hit us up on, on Facebook or Twitter or on RoguePlanet.tv and let us know your thoughts about UFO conferences and how they could be made better. And with that said, let's now, Ryan, turn to you and talk about dun, dun, dun. <laughs> your upcoming appearance at the International UFO Congress. This is going to be your first public lecture on the topic of UFOs, and uh, and I'm excited for you. So uh, I know you've mentioned it before, but remind everybody what uh, what the topic of your lecture is going to be. Uh, yeah, so the... Uh... The title is UFOs vs. Ufology, The Convergence of Experience and Study. Um, and this is kind of something I've been bouncing around for a couple years now um, in writing my book as focusing on the witnesses who have had UFO sightings and the people who have claimed uh, encounters and possible contact with aliens or something non-human. Um, so what I'm really trying to do is let these people speak for themselves and tell me tell us what they think it is that they experienced uh what they felt during it and what they felt afterwards so again kind of like with the book like that human implication to an event um in the second half of the lecture i'm really focusing on how we can implement that into the field of ufology the study of it um and we know this, guys. Like you can, you can connect UFOs to anything: philosophy, science, religion, uh, psychology. And I'm kind of gonna go over each of these and how the topic of UFOs can find a place in each of these, and how that can culminate into what ufology uh, is, isn't, and what it could be. So, um, it's a lot. It's hefty. Um, it you know I, at times I felt I'm a little in over my head with it, but staying with that human approach I think is what's going to make it really stand out and how I can actually contribute to the conversation of ufology. So I'm excited. I'm uh, super nervous. Like you said, I've never spoken about UFOs in front of a crowd before. Um, you know, maybe a couple coworkers in the break room or something. <laughs> but uh, this is definitely going to be a, a a new experience for me. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you'll, you'll, do you'll be great. great. I mean, you you speak about UFOs on TV, on radio shows, on podcasts. You're good. You're good to go. I would you know say uh, imagine the whole audience naked, but I don't think you want to do that. No, <laughs> do not do that. I don't know. Yeah, do yeah, not maybe do maybe that. not with this one. Um, but I I remember hearing Greg Bishop, another fellow colleague, saying. Um, What's interesting about the UFO Congress is, you know, he's lectured many times before, and it's usually at places where people have never heard uh, about UFOs or right. heard his story before. So he said that's exciting. He's actually teaching people something, um, something like the UFO Congress, like we said earlier. You're kind of preaching to the choir and preaching to the people who are going to scrutinize every single word you say. Um, a little bit, yes and no. There, there are what? there are a good number of of locals who come out to that event, yeah. um, so you will have some new people. But the nice thing, you know, you know, we're not involved with it anymore, so I don't don't know about the setup. But I will say the nice thing about it used to be that um, we actually had stage lights 
So the stage lights kind of shine in your eyes. You can't really see the audience. Except for you can hear them. Oh, you yeah. Can, you can hear them. Okay. You can hear the mumbles and grumbles. Okay, rid of that. <laughs> this, this is what happened. So not to freak you out or anything, mm-hmm. but the year that Jason and I presented, um, we did a overview of the news. When was was that? 2012? 2013? Yes. Yeah. Um, I was nervous because I don't like speaking in on stage in front of big crowds and I've had to do it a couple times and I, I really not a huge fan anyways. So we, unfortunately, unbeknownst to anybody out of our control, we had some sound issues because there was a a video component. So Jason is the technical producer of the conference and he went behind stage to try to figure out what was going on. So I was left on stage (laughs) on stage by yourself. And, yeah. and, you know, I get up every year to, to talk about other things like during the parties, but this was in the morning, you know, I'd, and, and everyone was sitting there and I kind of was like starting to talk and I could hear these, these older people that have trouble hearing in the front. So they talk louder being like, Oh, like chasing nerves, what's going on? This is blah, 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 you know, and, and <laughs> I, it would just made it so much worse because, <laughs> because I could hear them talking about the fact that there were issues and it, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Jason. I'm still scarred. I know. <laughs> Dragging up bad memories and freaking out Ryan in the process. Sorry. Ryan. Well, you know what? I mean, like you guys know, um, things get better every year. You sort of learn from your mistakes, whether it's audio lighting, uh, tech, you know, any of the tech stuff. Um, so that's I'm, not I'm true, not Ryan. It's not okay. No, burst your bubble. That's that's not. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remain optimistic. There are always it, going but... to be issues that come up for one reason or another, or absolutely no reason. Um, <laughs> there are there are always production ghosts, ghosts that's that true. really screw everything up, and there's no logic or reason for an issue to be happening, but it is happening. Um, oh my god so all of that stuff happens ryan and you you know working in plays and productions and stuff you should know that too the stuff happens it's out of your control you just roll with it and you're good at rolling with it so you'll be fine i'm gonna roll with it if if worse comes to worse i'll have a guitar backstage and i'll have uh somebody come up drag travis walton up he'll play with you i was gonna say travis i'll sing i can't play guitar but i'll sing (laughs) and we'll just we'll do some ditties for sure i you know i remember Timothy Good had a huge disaster with his tech at his talk one oh, year. Oh, yeah, oh, I remember so that. So bad for that guy. But you know what? He kind of just um, rolled with it and started taking questions from the audience. Yeah. And uh, that's what you do. You know, you, you, things happen. And that's why you can't rely on your tech too much. I think with that's what I'm learning with this thing is, you know, I have videos and whatnot, but I, I have to be prepared yep, if for exactly. some reason. Exactly. It doesn't work. So maybe I'll have people come up and act out the uh, the videos or something. We'll yeah. see. I'm sure it's people will be idea. willing to do that. I like that. Ryan, since uh, since the <laughs> last last time we uh, mentioned it, your the date and time of your talk has changed. So when are you scheduled to give your presentation? Uh, yes, I'll be speaking at 2.30 p.m. Um, on Wednesday, the, the first day of the the conference actually. So that's really exciting. You know, I'll be talking the same day as Stan Friedman. So that's something I'll definitely remember for the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, I'll be there the whole week. I'll be, you know, hawking books and meeting everybody and just 
having a good time. Uh, my girlfriend will be joining me, so this will be her first experience ever at a UFO conference. So I'm pulling one more in, guys. So nice. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun. Nice. Well, this is uh, yeah. It, it is February fifteenth through the nineteenth. So that is this month, February fifteenth uh, through nineteenth. I will actually be there. Um, Rogue Planet will have a table, have some stuff there, be selling my book. Um, so Ryan will have a table too. He'll be selling his book. Um, so come say hi. We might have some other things too. Probably some UFO Mod Pod buttons. Um, yeah, we'll see. So stop by the table, see what we have. And Ryan, you alluded to it uh, at the beginning of the show, but I may, just may, no promises, may actually have special printed copies of a an essay that I am in the process of publishing about uh, UFOs and media. So, so awesome. we'll have in- that in print form at the table too. So yeah, if you're at the Congress, look for Ryan or look for the Rogue Planet table and uh, we'll be there and uh, we'll take all sorts of, of selfies with you. And I'm not going to be there. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. Everyone's going to cry. Um, so if you are there, make sure you keep an eye on them and don't believe a word they say about me. <laughs> well, I was thinking about putting a photo, like a big poster or a cutout of you, like at the table, and then people could take pictures with you. But I think that'd be a great will, idea. <laughs> Maureen, we, I promise we won't mention that time that you, Jason, I, and Micah Hanks got kicked out of a casino. I promise <laughs> I will never bring that up ever, even on a podcast. Oh, how dare you? That's another. That's another podcast. I think. I think. Uh, yeah. One. One. One episode. We'll have to. Uh, yeah. Our theme will be drunken escapades at UFO conferences. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Remember, this podcast is always available at iTunes. Is the best place to get it. So, if you are listening to the show and you uh, wouldn't mind, stop by iTunes and leave us a nice review. That helps us out. We've got this show and other great content at RoguePlanet.tv. And that's it, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Jason McClellan. I'm Ryan Sprague. And I'm Marine Ellsbury. Get your ass to Arizona for the conference.